Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about the top five movie robots. Wow, that's pretty stereotypical. I don't think the robot overlords are going to appreciate that. Yeah. What are they going to do about it? Murder? (laughs) Gort you? I'll just disappear. I'll be fine. You like evaporate. <laughs> yeah, you know. Seems like there are worse ways to go. <laughs> Snap seems pretty humane in the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what if that was one of the realizations? Just like Black Widow sitting around. Snap seemed pretty humane in the end. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> worse ways to go. Like falling off a cliff. <laughs> Like Budapest. <laughs> Listen, Black Widow, I don't understand your relationship with Budapest. I don't know if you remember this, but I wasn't there. We were all in Budapest, Steve. Budapest, Budapest has been with us this whole time. Budapest isn't a place. It's a people. It's a people. <laughs> Maybe I just want a short film. With uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow, but their adventure in Budapest. Maybe I just want this instead of a full Black Widow movie. That's okay. I don't need any more movies. <laughs> You're done. Just... No more Marvel. Yeah. Marvel announced that they're... Shh. Now, I'm not telling you what. <laughs> I won't tell you because I don't think they've announced the what. Oh. They've just announced their release schedule. And so for the next two... So they're just like, we're going to have a film in May. Yes. We're going to have a film yes. in November. For the next two years, we get they're Nothing. gonna gonna slow down, uh-huh. and they're only releasing two movies a year instead of eight three movies a year, <laughs> and then they're gonna ramp it back up to three movies a year. Also, I love that Disney's like we're gonna after uh, after this uh, episode nine Star Wars, we're gonna take a little bit of a break from Star Wars. We're gonna pump the brakes. The next one's not coming out till 2022. We're gonna take a break. That's not a break, Disney. That's called you had to make another trilogy. That's that's called a year of prep. Yeah. It's like it's we're down in Australia trying to figure like we're doing previs for like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like that's not a break. And then they're like, and then after that they're gonna come every other year. Yeah, because you're putting a stupid Avatar film in the middle of them. Every Christmas, it's going to go Avatar Star Wars from 2021 forward. Just get rid of Disney. <laughs> so you mean culture? We're going to get rid of We're going pop to culture? kill the Batman. Oh, oh no. Listeners, <laughs> Kylie has gone off the end. If Bob Iger goes, <laughs> goes missing, she's probably not in the top 100 suspects. <laughs> this podcast here said that she was gonna kill the Batman. <laughs> it, she never at all put a threat against Bob Iger. Personally, it was her co-host. They pursue pursue you first, baby. You were the one that made the threat! To Batman, not to Bob Iger. <laughs> okay, but like it was a veiled metaphor. I did good in the world. I outed you as the Joker to Bob Iger's Batman. Twist. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're gonna get back on track. Okay, robots. <laughs> Kylie. I love science fiction. I love robots. Are you ready? I actually don't love robots. Robots 
pretty much terrify me. Like, there's just something about robots that I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Because, like, I get that, like, there's the three rules of, three rules of robot law, but, like, I don't know, I don't believe that. What are the three rules of robot law? So, the first law is a robot may not injure a human being through inaction or allow a human to become, to come to harm. Law two is a robot must obey orders given by human beings except when such orders would conflict with the first rule law. And robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. There you go. Good job. There are the rules of the robots. Yeah. Don't worry, Asma's law will not save us from being harmed by aliens. This is a scientificamerica.com uh, article. Great. Perfect. I don't want to read it. It's going to give me anxiety. Yeah, probably. I'm terrified of robots. Uh, they're not real, Chucky. so... Robots are real. I mean, robots are real, <laughs> but like not in the way of like movie robots are real. Yet. Oh, I don't know if we'll ever get there. Josh, we're moving. Technology moves at an exponential rate. It's I not mean, linear. True story. My phone does terrifying things to me all the time. Yeah. Like... No, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear, Josh. So, like, I was talking about, like... That thing freaked us out last night. Yeah, it did. Uh, I was talking to a student about, like, graduation and, like, when their graduation was. And so I was going to put it in my calendar. But, like, they just sent me the date in a separate text. And, like, so I literally clicked the date to go to my calendar. And then it's, like, the title of the event is so-and-so's graduation. And I was, like, how did you know? Like... It was a separate... Okay, number five. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kylie, why are we doing top five movie robots? Gort. Gort? Gort! Gort. Is, is, uh, is Gort a top five movie robot for you? No. No, he's not for me He's either. not even in my top ten. He's a good robot, though. He's an honorable mention. He's a good one. He goes on to help influence other things. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, I like Gort. So I'm glad. Um... I... At first, when you said this list, I was like... Because I hadn't seen the movie yet. I was like, why robots? Isn't Klaatu and... Alien? No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, Klaatu is, but there's a famous robot in this movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, uh, like one of the main graphics from this is like the image of Gort. Yeah. Like that's something heavily associate. That's an image heavily associated. True story. With that. Yes. Uh, I do find it always interesting that when aliens come to our planet, they're always like highly advanced and they're always like way ahead of us. And then this includes robot technology, rather than being like what. Where's the sci-fi movie that's like, th this this alien happened to come upon us, and then like... Just oh. by mistake. And then they're like, oh man, these people are so advanced. Well, the argument is, is because, and maybe like, maybe like now in 2019, it has a different view, is, but the idea is that we kind of have an idea of what's happening in our universe from what we've studied. So if someone, so if an alien were to come to us, that would suggest that they're far away. Uh -huh. And so for them to be able to travel that distance in a plausible amount of time, they would have their technology would have to be far more advanced than our technology because otherwise we would be out there exploring it in the same capacity, but we're not. So that's why it, the, the idea is that they would have to come from outside of our galaxy and mm -hmm. they would need higher levels of technology. I guess fair enough, yeah. What if, what if there's a movie... Where E.T. We are the advanced race exploring space, and we find a primitive race, and then we try to destroy it, and then the humans 
Can you become stop the villains. Freaking talking about Avatar. Yeah, so sorry. I <laughs> didn't mean to didn't mean to go down that path. Um, yeah. Did so, you not intend to go down that path when no, you started? I did. I did. That's that's where I was going with it. There's also uh, what is that animated movie that does that same thing? Pocahontas. Uh, no, well, uh, <laughs> not quite. Um, there's those like this sci-fi one that I want to say. I don't remember what it's called, but basically the humans like go to this planet, and this planet's like, "Hi, we're peaceful," and the humans are like, "No, we're bad guys." Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yeah, all of the all of those <laughs> movies. Yes. All right, uh, Kylie, are you ready for the inquiry of the half squared Fortnite? No. No. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. Okay, great, perfect. Kylie, we are here today to talk about movie robots, and so I thought it would be fun to do some fantasy casting. Uh-huh. You get to pick an actor to play a movie robot. Uh-huh. Who you picking? Who's who's playing your movie robot? What movie is this? Any movie. You can pitch it. Whatever you want. Uh-huh. Who's playing a movie robot? Um, I don't know. Sam Rockwell? Why? So you can stop playing racist? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> No more response needed. Just... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Because Sam Rockwell got his start in science fiction. So, like, let's bring it on. Well, he didn't get a start there, but that was one of. Moon was one of the big things. That helped launch him a little more. I know that he had other things before Moon, but like he kind of fell by the wayside. Like after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who cared about Sam Rockwell? Yeah, absolutely nobody. And so like Moon was kind of the one where it was like, oh look at this indie film. Like oh this guy kind of got some chops, and then from there, it's, it's helped his career quite a bit. So let's bring it back. Let's do it. Robots. Let's get it done. Is he like? Can he play, like, himself as a robot? Like, he doesn't have to be, like, voicing a robot? Can he be the robot himself? Yeah. Like, okay. No, this was my thought. It wasn't, like, a voice. It was, like, it was, like, the actor as... Beep-boop-beep-boop. Beep, a robot. Yeah, no, so Sam Rockwell going beep-boop-beep-boop. Beep, boop. Yeah, he's a good actor. He can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what was your answer? Um... I was trying to think of maybe something that I hadn't seen. I don't really know... Why? But I feel like my answer that I want to say is Charlize Theron. Because I don't necessarily want it in like this like action-y sense of the way. But I would like this idea of a robot played by a woman that is not 100% all about just being a weird sex bot. Because I feel like that's what happens when women play robots. And I feel like she would be somebody who could bring some gravitas to this role of, like, this robot. I don't I don't have a movie attached to it or anything like that. And like I said, I don't necessarily want it to be, like, an action movie. But, like, maybe just, like, her grappling about what it means to be some form of artificial intelligent or grappling with these ideas of, of humanity within this robot world. I don't know. Just something along those lines. I want Charlize to just, like, knock that out of the park. What 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 are you what are you doing over there? 
I'm just making sure that this hasn't happened already. Charlize is a robot? Yeah. It's called Possibly Prometheus. Is she a robot in that movie? It's not clear. Oh. I have not seen Prometheus. Uh, I've not seen Prometheus. I don't remember her being a robot in that movie. The similarity... So, this, the quote is... The similarities between the appearances and mannerisms of Victor, Vickers and David. Vickers is Charlie Theron's character. David is... Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Were intended to raise the possibility that David was big on, based on Vickers' DNA or that Vicker is a, Vickers is an android herself. Oh. So. Well, there we go. It shows you how much I pay attention to that movie. That movie was boring. You're boring. All right, new plan. <laughs> Kate Blanchett's going to play this robot then. I think she could also do it. <laughs> Fine, get out of here, Charlize. <laughs> Kate Blanchett's coming in. We're on board. Let's do it. All right, fair enough. Hey, friends, if you want to tell us who should play a movie robot, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Give us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Beep, boop, boop, boop. There you go. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. And now on with the show. Yay. Um... Kylie, you got any uh, rules, any uh, provisos, any uh, quid pro quos over there? Sure. Yeah, what are they? They had to be an alien, or a robot. They had to be a robot? Yeah. Great. And they had to be in a movie? Yeah. Great, perfect. Preferably. Preferably. And they couldn't all be from Star Wars? They couldn't all be from Star Wars. You could make a list with all only Star Wars yes. robots. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's the difference between a robot and a droid? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> is there one? Droid is a... So droid's a Star Wars term. Yes. Um. Is it originally a Star Wars term? I think so. Okay. Because the word is android that we use. But right. I think that Star Wars was just like droid. But and... So do you want the difference between a droid and a robot? Or, or, I one guess of them's in Star Wars, Wars, and one of them. What's the difference between an android then and a robot? So an android is of human form, and uh, it, so it takes a human form of it. So is basically the difference between is that like three PO and R two? Like three PO is an android, and um, R two is a robot. No. No. Three PO is a droid still. These are not the droids you're looking for. Okay, fair. Okay. I think it has to look even more human-y. So, like... Careful here, Josh. We might be getting into... <laughs> Jude Law uh-huh. is an android. Yeah. And, like, that weird TARS thing from Interstellar robot. is a robot. Yeah, but okay. then there's also cyborgs. And those are half-human, half-robot. I believe so, yeah. Did you get any uh, cyborgs? Uh, were cyborgs considered? Well, not on my list. I don't have any cyborgs. Okay. On my on my letterbox list, there is a cyborg, and what it, the the cyborg I have is Major from the original Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Because Major has a human brain, but the whole body is not. But like also cyborg from like Justice League is a cyborg, so it's like it's like I Frankenstein. I don't think he's a robot, but Adam, Adam. Adam. From Buffy. Adam from Buffy. Good old Adam. He's also a cyborg. Yeah. So, you know who else is? Cyborg. I already brought that up. I know. I just Are you to... listening? 
I just wanted to make the dumb joke, okay? I'm so sorry, Kylie. I already made it. Yeah, but I was like, Shh. we need to make it again. Shh. 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 Kylie, I think I did my list wrong. Why? It's it's real basic. That's okay. It's, it's... Josh, Josh, what did we talk about with basic? It's not bad. Um, it's not bad to be basic. No, but... It's... I feel like when you get through, you're going to be like, do you even like robots? <laughs> and I'm going to be like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, my number one was, like, real easy. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not going to say that my list is anything that's, like, spectacular. Like, I mean, continuing the trend of what's been the last, like, three weeks, you're going to be the expert here. Josh, like, I took out it, one of my favorite robots. Oh, no. I know, I have to take out Gertie. Why? It's voiced by Kevin Spacey. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So, Gertie's no longer on here. Mine is a memorial list. To? The Iron Giant. Okay. We talked about the Iron Giant recently-ish. So have that as a memorial. Yes. So, uh, the Iron Giant would definitely be on my list if it wasn't for us talking about the Iron Giant. Because, you know, he's a pretty cool little robot. <laughs> he's not little, but he is pretty cool. I don't know. Josh, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to be like... Right. Ah! Okay. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Do you want to... Do you want to... I mean, like, I'm going to let the expert go second, so you can go second. All right? Kylie is the expert of our so podcast. Wally to be the last thing. <laughs> Wait, remember, Josh, we did a whole episode on it. Yeah. No worries. It's fine. I'll be brief when I get to it. <laughs> number five, Wally. We did a whole episode. <laughs> no, that's number one, Wally. We did a whole episode. We know where this is going. <laughs> My number one was real easy to make. Alright, my number five is Baymax from Big Hero 6. He's on my honorable mentions. Yes! He's in my top ten. I love Baymax. He is such this just, like, fun, cuddly, like, character. I also... So when Big Hero 6 came out in the Regal, they had this giant blow-up Baymax. And after the movie was over, I just went and gave it a hug. Because, like, oh Baymax, I just want to give you a hug. You're so soft and cuddly. I like the idea... That a robot is kind of soft and, and fluffy and cuddly in that way. Because I think usually when we think of robots, we think of kind of like hard edge, straight lines, metal, built out of a machine. And Baymax just has this different quality to him. His whole purpose is to be friendly and helpful. And he's a nurse and he wants to help you and he wants to heal you. He wants to keep you safe. And that is his true inner core. And yes... Uh, Hero gives him some programming so that he helps him do some superhero feats and such like that. But at, at the end of the day, Baymax's internal core is all about just being this kind, sweet robot and this kind, sweet helper who just wants to take care of Hero. And and we all just want to take care of our friends. And I think there's something really relatable about that. And he just seemed like a really unique and different robot for the robot canon. And I like the way he gives fist bumps. Baymax. He's my number five. How many Disney robots do you have on here? What counts as Disney? (laughs) Does Disney make a profit from it? Three? (laughs) 
Kylie, I did this what's wrong, okay? I told you. I'm... You're okay. I don't... Listen, I, I think one of the ones you're going to be the most hiding in your hoodie about isn't a Disney one, and we're going to find out all about it. Bubbo? <laughs> Seems like a real Bubbo fan. Who? Bubbo. I don't know Boobo? what a, I don't know what a boobo or a bubbo is. He's from Clash of the Titans. He's like a robot owl. Oh. <laughs> not no. from the new Clash of the Titans, the old one. No. Are you not yeah. a swords and sandals kind of guy? Not a swords and sandals kind of guy. All right, my number five is C three PO. Hey, three PO. I love C three PO. Yeah. Move over R two D two. No one cares. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Strong I Strong takes. Yeah, R two D two. He's like, look how cute I am. Look how sassy I am. Look how great I am. But you know who the real champion is? It's this neurotic guy walking along with him who we get a lot of R2-D2's, some of R2-D2's characteristics from C-3PO and his reactions to him. Because C-3PO is baller. C-3PO is great and useful. He's just trying his best. He's just following protocol. And every, all everyone wants to do is just say how annoying C-3PO is. But C-3PO is great. And I just, just as for C-3PO, everyone just hates he has great comedic timing. He saves people. Like who does he save? He saves Han Solo and Luke from being eaten by the Ewoks. Okay, fair enough. The Ewoks? The Ewoks were gonna eat them? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. They were cooking them. Oh, fair enough. Gosh, it's like uh, easy. That's why they have incisors, Josh. Um. <laughs> hello, Han. <laughs> have you seen my red arm? Hello. <laughs> He's the core. The, he's the glue that keeps this team together. Yeah, even when he's falling apart and on Chewie's back. <laughs> what, what if you had to pick a singular movie for three PO to be represented in? What's your What's the best three PO movie? Uh, probably the first one. Yeah. It's the one we get to spend the most time with C three PO. Yeah. Because for the like, there's that opening thing where they're on the spaceship, but uh-huh. then we're walking through the desert. And we're just hanging out with C-3PO, and R2-D2's there, but, like, R2-D2's, at that point, is just his community. The way that we figure out R2-D2 is by how C-3PO reacts, and, like, I don't know, it's C-3PO's movie. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little adjusty just to my list here. What's up? I'm gonna move move one down to number four. Hey, my number four is R two D two, cause he was there, and I was gonna be like, yeah, forget three PO. That guy's a whiner all the time. He just complains about everything yeah, and like walks around. Josh, you would be too. You do not have as much will to live as C three PO. Oh, probably not. Let's be real. Uh, no, I chose R2 over 3PO. Because um, you're like, he's so cool. <laughs> okay, and I specifically chose him in A New Hope because R2 has a mission. This man is, this droid, sorry, is driven. He's like, I'm going to get this message to my creator's to son. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. And, like, he's just, he's going. He doesn't care about what's going on around him. He doesn't care about how he's going to get there. Right, he does he's, not care about his friends. He, he has a mission. To try, like, listen, we almost didn't go for, we almost didn't get R2-D2. Who saves him? C-3PO. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, mister. Uncle Owen. Take R2-D2. He kind of sucks, but let's bring him along. Yeah, listen, he, he surprises you. Like, you never Six know. Six million forms of communication. 
Ben. You never know what can happen when R2's around. Sometimes he's gonna fly. Sometimes he's just gonna, like, roll along. That's such Sometimes a dumb argument. That's a dumb argument where people are like, he flies in episode two, why doesn't he fly in any of the others? And my argument is, Maybe he got sometimes broken. when technology gets old, it can't do the yeah. things it does anymore. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <sighs> you stupid trolls. Come at me. I'll... Sometimes he sits alone in a corner for decades with the information that you need and doesn't tell anybody. Yeah, R2-D2 sucks. <laughs> He's kind of a jerk. C-3PO is active. He doesn't want to be there, but he sure tries his hardest. <laughs> yeah, no, I might specifically from, from A New Hope. Because, oh, because, because you're like, you're like, hey. after A New Hope, he... He throws, he throws Luke that lightsaber, which is pretty useful. And then he's just kind of like, hey guys, I'm here to beep boop for you. Yeah, R2-D2, yeah. I think, is like, is he's such a cute aesthetic, he's such an aesthetically cute robot, which is weird to say, but like, when you're watching him, like, you do, you do just love R2-D2, but I, uh, for, for me, for being a C-3PO in the real world, <laughs> I just really relate. Uh-huh. To C-3PO. I think that Star Wars does a great job with all of its robots. The new the new ones of K2SO and L313. That sounds right. They're getting they're they're treading on a little too jokey, but I do like their presence and I do enjoy them. And I think that L3 actually brings in more conversation about yeah. robots than K2SO does, but like I do just enjoy that meme there. Well, and I would say even the the robot that has penetrated society oh, the B- most oh, yeah, BB-8. would be BB-8, mm-hmm. uh, the new stuff. Um, and he throws back to, he's a harken back to the R2 kind of model where it's just a cute kind of little robot there where... You see him and you're kind of like, I want to kick that. Yeah, no. You want to just hold it make sure it's okay. Um, like a soccer ball. What I like about R2, and, and one of the reasons why, because I debated on to put R2, 3PO, or to put them here together. Um, and so that's why I moved him down. I was like, let's just talk about this, you know, all together here. Um, one of the things I like about him is he's able to communicate so much of his personality through his beeps and boops and through how... Wow. And, like, yes, it is based on how people react to him. There's only so much you can do with beeps and boops and, and stuff like that. But I think that having Kenny Baker actually inside the original R2 suit and giving him, like, those little wobbles here and there and, like, the way that he moves, it, it felt like there was an actual depth to this character that was being created on set. And that is why, for me, I just, like think him as a robot and 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 i guess the reason one of the reasons why i picked him over 3po is 3po has human characteristics and human traits that we can glom onto and we can see ourselves in and that we can really relate to in that sense and so for me as a robot character i picked r2 over 3po i like this conversation this was good this was solid that they, they both got here good job r2 and 3po Justice um, for C three PO. A sad TC14 didn't didn't make any anybody's list. Yeah, well, I'm not the blank check boys. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some tea? <laughs> there you go. Hey Kylie. Yeah. What's your number four? The Stepford Wives. The Stepford Wives? From the new one or the old one? Who do you think I am? Uh, hopefully the old one. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's get the year. Okay. 72. Five. Dang. Okay, step for wise, 1975. Um, 
I think that this what this film this film is almost a horror movie, which is why the remake is so disappointing. Um, because that film is just so like jokey jokes and it makes fun of it. But like this original one and these step provided robots are so freaking terrifying and just the way that society wants to be able to control and manipulate women. I think that the metaphor is strong with all of them. I think that it does a great job of using robotic tendencies in order to reflect on our societal views. It's I understand that they are just a metaphor, but that metaphor is so strong and is so deep that you're just kind of like, yeah, maybe this is the worst. Yeah. This is an outcome that we should not try. Um, and I think that putting this out in the 70s where, you know, women's movements are starting to come out was just such a good idea. And it it amazes me how far we haven't learned from anything that this movie has tried to create or represent, even to the point of like, let's remake this film and make it a fun fest for everyone. Well, because this isn't a fun time. Okay, so I will say that the remake, which I hate, yes. putting it out there, what it's one of its problems is, is that Matthew it, Broderick. Yeah, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not he build Nicole Kidman. That's certainly what he'd do. Um, one of the problems is the tone because it starts out and you are right it is jokey jokey jokerson and it tries to be in this lighter tone and then it takes this hard shift into a horror movie and like the back half of that movie is all about the terror around it and then it moves away from those elements and like the original from what I remember it's been a while since I've seen both of these films but it has more elements of thriller to it and more elements of like we're gonna take we're just gonna take this idea to its logical conclusion that like if you did this this would happen you can't have this much control and not have terrible outcomes happen Yeah, Stepper Wives. Great. On board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll do it someday. I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Stepper Wives. Who's in? Who? No. Catherine Ross. Is in the original? Paula Prentice. Uh-huh. Nanette Newman. Judith Baldwin. Peter Masterson. Tina Louise. Great. Any, do you want more? No, I'm good. Okay, that was the yeah. top six. Perfect. Perfect film. It's not a perfect film. It's a very good film. Something is happening in the town of Stepford. All right. My number now. My number three. Okay. Oh, I, I, I'm worried, everybody. You shouldn't be worried, Josh. Oh, this is a this is this is a duo. It's a pair, and they they work together. I couldn't I couldn't um. <laughs> what are you whispering about? Good, good Bill and Good Ted. Well, it's not Good Bill and, and, and Good Ted. It's, are they at least on your they, honorable they're mentions? They're in my honorable mentions. Yes. They, they got close, they got, but I was like, nah, I like these five. <laughs> uh, mine uh, originate in a television series, but they do have a movie. Their names are Gypsy and Tom Servo. Uh, they are from Mystery Science Theater 3000. And there is Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, which is a full-length one of what they do. Uh, so if you're not aware of what Mystery Science Theater 3000 is... It was a 90s phenomenon that started in... A phenomenon is probably a strong word. It's a probably cult underground thing. 
Um, that started in Minnesota on public access television, in which these set of comedians uh, made these real low budge uh, robots, and then they took these robots and made, gave them like joke voices. And then they went to a movie theater in a space station in the sky, and they were forced to watch the world's most terrible movies. And in order to survive watching the world's most terrible movies, they made jokey jokes about the movies. And then this became a phenomenon, and then it was picked up by Comedy Central. And for a long time, Comedy Central lived on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like, it just ran it over and over again. And so they would play awful schlock movies from the 40s through 60s uh, and these robots and their one human compatriot would comment on these movies. And then uh, in, I want to say the 98 or 9, maybe it was a little bit after that, but Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie came out and this is a, one of my actual first kind of uh, interactions with them and then I go back and I view the entire back catalog that I can and so what Tom Servo and Gypsy are is they are these two robots that are built by this guy who's in the space station and he needs friends. And uh, Tom Servo looks like a gumball machine uh, with like with like a little mouth of where like the candy's supposed to come out and his, his eye is the head of the gumball machine. And then Gypsy is this kind of giant, almost like looks like the shape of Wolverine's hair and is yellow. Uh, I don't know, it's a big kind of flappy mouth. And they're just these wise cracking sidekicks to this guy who's trapped into the space station to watch all these terrible movies. And they're just this initial commentary team that just makes funny jokes about movies and, and ranks on them. And, and I, in a better, the easiest way to do it is like, it's actually like classy, clever, witty cinema sins is kind of what it would be. Like if cinema sins were good, is kind of how I would say it, but first. Uh, they did remake it, uh, or there is a reboot, sorry, on Netflix currently with Jonah Ray and in the human role. But yeah, there you go. Gypsy and Tom Servo. Kaylee, uh, Kaylee, what you got going on over there? Just looking at their pictures. Yeah. Were, were my descriptions apt? Sure. Have you uh, had any interactions with Mystery it's Science Theater? It's Gypsy? Yeah. Oh, I thought Jip. This this says. Oh, wait. Do I have the wrong robot name? I don't know. What's, what's this? Um, what's this? That is. Oh, what this is one that says one's this name? Is, this one says this is Gypsy. This says this is Crow. Crow. I thought that was. Um, maybe I have their names wrong. I might totally do that. Okay, well then, Crow. So I'm going off of the pop figure. Yeah, so Crow, I guess, is the one that I was thinking. Gypsy is the one that looks like a vacuum. Why didn't you include Gypsy? Uh, Gypsy's not in the movie theater. I like Gypsy. She's great. But Crow and Tom Servo. Sorry, I wrote down the wrong name. Hmm. There you go. They have pop figures? You're Shoot not, dang. You aren't forgiven. Man, that Tom Servo pop is the best. I mean, Tom Servo was the one that I really like, but they're a pair. So, like, man, I want that Tom Servo pop. That's amazing. It's not that expensive. Well, that's good. You go for it. There we go. Go find it, Josh. All right. Do you have any um, experience, or did you know what Mystery Science Theater was? Of course I don't. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that helped me as a as a younger person get into like movies because I hate science fiction. I mean, a little bit, 
a little bit it was one of those things where like helped me mock it in those ways because they only showed the terrible ones um but it was something that helped me get into movies in that sense of it was just examining what these movies were and how they and why they were funny and why they were bad so yeah there you go all right i have the t1000 <clears throat> that's a uh, good old robert patrick and I love, oh gosh. T2? Yeah. Nice. Wait, have you seen this boy? <laughs> okay, so the T1000. T1000 is on my honorable mentions as well. Alright, so we're going to go back a second. Okay. Okay, we're going to take ourselves back before we've seen this movie. Way back machine. Yeah, and we're we're back in 1991, and we haven't seen this film, right? Okay, but we've only seen the first one. Okay. Where it's like, whoa, Donald Schwarzenegger's the bad guy. And we yeah. come here, and we get Robert Patrick sent from the past. Uh-huh. And when you're looking at Robert Patrick, you're like, oh, he's a well-to-do. He's gonna, he's, he's like our Kyle... Reeser? Reeser, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna come back, and he's gonna help protect Eddie Furlong. Yeah. Annoying Eddie Furlong. Annoying Eddie Furlong. And he's going to come and he's going to save the day. And this whole time we're watching it, we're like, Ooh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a bad guy. And what happens is that this svelte man becomes the most terrifying thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. He becomes the floor. <laughs> he goes through bars. He goes through bars because yeah. he's liquid metal. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the T-1000 is... What I think, with the original Terminator, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're scared because, like, uh, he's a tree of a man. Yes. But what is, I think, a little bit more terrifying about Robert Patrick's character is that when you look at Robert Patrick, you don't necessarily see, like, the most intimidating force. You just kind of see a well-to-do whatever, blah, 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 standard operating procedure. However, we come to this shoot-off between the two of them, and this guy is shooting at Edward Furlong, and we got, we got good old Arnie. Arnie in this film is also one of my honorable mentions, but I think that the T-1000 just encapsulates how you can be creative with your robots and how mm-hmm. you can create a different message and have a bit of that twisty twist because it yep. is a twist in the original. It's halfway through the film that you finally figure out that, oh, the T-1000 is a bad guy mm-hmm. and that Robert Patrick is the bad guy. And he's just so cold in his delivery. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger... He just ha- he's a deadpan in the original, but I think that's just, it's very standard robot, but Robert Patrick shows or imitates emotion throughout, which makes mm-hmm. that scary. Why T2 over Terminator? Why T2 over Terminator? For, mm-hmm. like, why the, okay, wait. Why the robots in T2 uh-huh. over the robots in Terminator? The robot. Because I agree with you. I just yeah. The robot in Terminator is just like you should be afraid because it's a scary thing, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's not so much doing anything new with that idea. It's you should be afraid of Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's big and he's got a gun. Mm-hmm. You should be afraid of Robert Patrick because of crazy stuff, but it's an <laughs> unsuspecting amount of crazy. And why the T-800 in the second one changes is that it play... Both of these are just playing on our expectations as audience members. When he goes and he's like, thumbs up, dude. And the T-800 changes and learns to be a little bit more human Mm -hmm. throughout that film. While he doesn't change at all in the first one. And I think that the T-800... 1000 plays a lot more on our fears and our self... 
our sense of paranoia yeah. than the T-800 ever does. Absolutely. Um, so Robert Patrick is bomb. Robert Patrick is bomb, it's indeed. Just, we need more Robert Patrick. I don't know if we do. I don't know how he is as a person. Is I have a feeling, is he still alive? I think so. I don't know why in my brain I thought that he had passed away. But if he's not dead, I think more Robert Patrick is great. Come back as old man T one thousand. Yeah, he's he's sixty. Okay, perfect. Come back as old man T one thousand. Yeah. So in Terminator Six, let's just bring the whole gang back. I mean, they just released a trailer for like Terminator Dark Night, Dark After Something. Terminator Six. And it's like um, Linda Hamilton's back. Is this the one where it's like T one happened, T two happened, period? Maybe. And we're skipping all the rest? We're Halloween 2018 it? I mean, sure, let's do that. Why not? <laughs> Isn't that what Genesis kind of tried to do? I don't, I did, I, listen, I can't... I don't know. I'm gonna... It's the really... <laughs> is my answer. I'm not sure what Genesis <laughs> tried to do. <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell you that I have not seen a Terminator movie since T2... Um, oh, that's not true. I, 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 I had slept through most of Salvation. I was in the theater while it played. <laughs> I haven't seen Salvation. Yeah. I haven't seen three either. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two. Right? I'm on two now? Yeah, sure. two. My number two is the only one that I thought that we might have crossover on. Okay. Um, so if we do, I'm totally good to just, like, say it and then wait till it comes up on your list. It might even be your two or your one. Who knows? Okay. Uh, and it's Ava from Ex Machina. Okay. Do we have crossover? Yes. Okay, great. So I will pause here and I will, whenever Ava comes up again, I will, uh, let you, we'll just talk about her there. All right, let's talk about her now. Oh, great. Is she your number two? Yeah. Oh, universal number two. Um, so what the Stepford Wives does is it introduces this idea, but I think that Ava plays on it far stronger and I think that part of that is because we're just following this one robot the entire time mm -hmm. and we're looking at Ava from Domino Gleason's perspective and we're looking at it in a sense of how we as a society may look at how artificial intelligence becomes created Ava herself from Domino Gleason's perspective, starts out as that very, like, stereotypical robot -y thing where, like, mm -hmm. the twitches and everything. But then in those moments where she shows her humanity, we're so on board with it. We're just like, yes, Domino Gleason, you've got to get Ava out of here. Mm -hmm. And what the film does is it continues to put us on Ava's side. And then... Because we're just getting Domino Gleason's perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we finally get... Oscar Isaac's perspective mm -hmm. and we understand why Oscar Isaac behaves the way he does yep. and it suddenly turns your head of this woman who is essentially created for the desires of Domino Gleason because it is talked about how she's created through <coughs> Domino Gleason's internet history that she manipulates this man because she realizes this is my way out because yeah. she cannot manipulate Oscar Isaac in any sense. And she's this great 
idea of what it means to control a woman. And she's even paralleled with the second robot female character in spoilers for all of this. Yeah. Of I don't know her name. I don't either. But she has that awesome dance scene. Anyway. <laughs> she is paralleled with that character because that character or robot, I don't that figure is a very um is very much of like will respond and listen to everything um um, she will just listen to every command of Oscar Isaac throughout the entire film. Yeah, I agree with so much of your saying what you say there and how it explores those two characters. I also like the way that it 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 really dives into exploring the humanity of this robot character and what she her desires and her rights in being alive in this world since she's been created. I also think the performance from Alicia Vikander is really solid. Um, she manages to find this way to, in some ways that a lot of robots can't do, a lot of actors playing robots can't do. Um, I'm looking at you, Michael Fassbender, because your robot is weird as all get out. Um, but Alicia Vikander finds this way to show that her character is is a robot and so emotions are unique and foreign to her and yet at the same point allow us to connect and come into this world of this character it's building this character and allowing us to see it create be created on screen in this unique and naturalistic and honest kind of way to the point where you understand why Dominic Gleason's character just gets completely enthralled and wrapped up in the character of Ava. I would have given her the Oscar this year. Like this she's just great. Yeah. I like... mean, sorry, she does get an Oscar this year. I would have given it to her for Ex Machina, not for the Danish Doesn't Girl. Doesn't she get it the next year? No, it's the, the the Danish girl and um are both twenty fourteen are both the same year, yeah yeah, and so she gets it for the Danish girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean it's kind of common knowledge that like she's getting it for both, um, but the nomin the the win is for the Danish girl. Um, but I would definitely have given it to her for Ex Machina. Since this movie, I can't remember a time where we've questioned robots since. Mm -hmm. Or had any kind of film that's exploring that relationship as to what it would mean for us to create artificial intelligence. And I could be wrong. But yeah. just in recent memory, I don't have anything. And I remember when we weren't in the same place when this happened. I was in Bellingham and you were here. Mm -hmm. And I remember just texting you about this. And we kind of thought this film looked dumb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like... We were so enthralled and on board with what happened, what how this film plays out, that if this is the science fiction argument, if you present an idea that is strong, you can play with the science fiction elements in mm -hmm. such a satisfactory way. Yeah. And, and to go even further into Alex Garland's career, we have different kind of opinions on his next film, which is Annihilation. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, like, in that sense of... Annihilation for, feels much more like I want to play within the science fiction realm yes. than tell a story. Yes, and that is where he for, loses me a little bit, is because I'm like, yeah, but what are you trying to... His themes are so muddled and muddied 
it, to me, and I will speak personally for me, that there's so muddled and muddy that I left that film, and I've said that I need to watch it again, but I left that film confused as I'll get at it as to what he was even trying to get at. And I'm not saying that I need to be hammered over the head and it has to understand it the first time, but it has to be an enjoyable experience and make me want to revisit the film to find that deeper meaning, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. I think that Annihilation is my Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Because when that film came out, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you were a little bit more like... Yeah. 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 Where, where with Annihilation, you're like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah. yeah fair. Fair <laughs> enough. And I think that that's what science fiction is is that it allows, I mean all movies do this this isn't just a science fiction thing but some things are just gonna hit home better than others and you're gonna like some of the elements you're gonna like some movies that play into the elements more than the others nice um ready for some honorable mentions all right um I've got uh the spiders from minority report those things are those like are good. oh those are solid I love those um, I've got Roy Batty from Blade Runner. I have him. Um, I've got... One of my questions was, does this count as a robot or not? Which is why he's in the honorable mention. I have the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. I have him as an honorable mention. Yeah, like, he's great. I just didn't know if he counted as a robot or not. Like... I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so. I, I have HAL 9000 because I... I also have HAL. Because, yeah. like, he doesn't have a body, but, like, what... It, I don't know what else... He's a fantastic beast, I guess. <laughs> Um, he is a robot because he's the space station? He's a robot because he's, he's I guess he's an AI is really yeah. what he is. That's okay, um, so is Ava. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, I have Vision, but I specifically have Vision from Infinity War because I think that's the one where Vision gets the most to do as a character. I don't have Vision because I don't, I get confused about what is a Vision. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, in the in in his first appearance, I'm like, yeah, ro robot. Robot, uh huh. But uh -huh. then, like later on, I'm like, are you still a robot or are you Paul Bettany? <laughs> how how is this thing with the with, with Scarlet Witch working here, Vision? How is, what is this? <laughs> uh, I also debated Jarvis or not, but then I decided Jarvis was just an AI. So, you know. You could have counted the hand. Oh, the from yes. The first one. I could have. Oh, that little guy. Yeah. Oh, that guy's great. Number one with a bullet, right He's there. He's the one that like gives him the heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. He has a dumb name. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. sucks. <laughs> Just like him. Um, I have the robot from Robot and Frank. I have um, 80s robot from the Muppets. Um, the Terminators have already all been mentioned. Howl's been mentioned. Bishop from Aliens. 3PO, good old Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet, and then I'm going to butcher this name. It's the lead robot from 1927's Metropolis, but Maschen, Maschen, Maschen Mensch? It's German name that I don't know how to pronounce, uh, but he kind of sets a template for what a lot of robots is and will be and such like that. But Metropolis terrifies me. Yeah, Metropolis it can be. Um, I have the Star Wars robots. I have Eve from Wally. I have um, Bubbo from Class of the Clash of the Titans. I have Bishop from Aliens. I have Tin Man. I have Evil Bill and Evil Ted. <laughs> yeah. I have Tars and Case from Interstellar because uh -huh, uh -huh, I, uh -huh. I I like them. Tars talk? Do we need Tars talk over here? He does a car. 
This is my favorite part is he just goes and does a cartwheel. Um, I have the Sentinels from X-Men Days of Future Past. I thought about them as well. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're cool. Yeah. And I, I had Gort from Days of, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still, nice. Hell 9000, Baymax, Roy Beatty, Major from Ghost in the Shell. Major would have been on this list. I don't know what Major is. <laughs> the Iron Giant. And that's it. Uh, my number one is a duo, again, it's good old Wally and Eve. We have a whole episode on Wally, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about good old Wally and Eve, but I couldn't I couldn't rightfully do this list and not put my favorite movie robots on here, um, and so this is where they are. They just arrive at number one. I like that, they, that what we see about them and their characteristics is their personalities and their, their story that is told through very little dialogue. They're only they're only capable of quote-unquote saying their name, but we're still able to emote with them. We're still able to watch their story. We live with them. Um, we get to... We just see the world through their eyes. And, and what's... I like how each has a unique personality. Each has a wonderful characteristics about themselves. Their design is very different. They're this odd couple kind of mismatch. Um, but yeah, Wally and Eve. Like I said, we have a whole episode on Wally, so I won't spend too much time on them, but they're my number one. So I might have missed this one on your honorable mentions. Uh-huh. But you said Bishop, right? Yeah. And only Bishop. Yes. Ooh. I have Ash as my number one. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Ash starts what Ridley Scott is going to try to do with all of his robots, therefore. Yes. Where the robots are going to be the ones who are so are the ones pulling the strings on why this alien essentially continues to survive and hunt down these people uh-huh. in a way one way or another ash is the thing that is the puppet master of the destruction of this team but and while he's doing this terrible things one of his last lines is i hope or he says like i'm sorry for what you're about to mm-hmm. your endeavor and I think that that's just, it's such a strange way to explore a robot as it's doing this horrible thing in the name of science, also because of the prerogative of their mission. However, it also puts forth this sentiment of like regret and sympathy. And Ash is that character that goes and really explores like, why is this horror why is this horror happening and do we have any sympathy for it yeah um i also just like the huge reveal of like ash is a robot (laughs) and they're just freaking out about it bishop i think does a very good job of also paralleling ash even though he's in a different movie as sigourney weaver does straight up hates bishop yes absolutely (laughs) which as we all should um but i think that that I, w- I wish I could put them both together because I think that without without Ash and without Bishop, the back and forth doesn't work as well. I mean, I'm going to say you can because like I, I, I didn't pick between Wally and Eve because mm-hmm. I, I felt like though they're both strong characters by themselves, they work as the pair the best. And these two work as a pair without even being in the same movie. Yeah. Um, that there's that correlation between the both of them as one is genuinely trying to do what is right and while one of them is logically trying to do what is commanded of them and i just think that that shows the our difference with how we view robots how we view our 
relationship with technology of mm -hmm. what should be the purpose of technology should we use it for what ash does which is to explore even though it's moralistically not correct or should we use it to help people mm -hmm. and i think that that is what that this is the moment where his robots succeed the best yeah. because ridley scott as you said with david is very strange and odd yes and that they try to even do that with alien covenant and it's so unsatisfactory because they have David, which is the bad guy, and they have the other one, which isn't a bad guy. I think that, I think that that's what uh, the purpose of Ash and Bishop in these are supposed to be posing, is like, how should we use technology? Well, at, Poorly. At, I think it's interesting that uh, Ridley Scott has this initial kind of fascination with robots and human traits, stuff because not only through Alien and Aliens, you also get Blade Runner, in which he deals with all of them. And, and it feels like his past ideas... He's much more successful at leaving the breadcrumbs for you to make your own choices within these characters and then exploring these ideas. Whereas in more recent times... He feels like he has to hand it to us on a platter. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, even true with both of his new Alien films or and then uh, 2049 even. Like, 2049, a movie that I like a lot, has the same issue as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is even a film that he doesn't create, but we have to continue to follow that. Yes. Uh, yeah. That trend. I just think that that's, that's something that a lot of movies are doing, is that they're, they're not allowing for as much, I don't know, lot, like deep thought, because yeah. they're more focused on satisfying their audiences rather than making them think. And I think that the, the internet, what, oh man, here we are. The internet. It's a what? wonderful thing. Yeah. However, it also has lent itself that people need, that people just want things to be quick, easy, and accessible to them, yeah. rather than having to struggle through it. Absolutely. And those are my thoughts on why Ash is great. Nice. <laughs> wonderful. Love it. Um, all right. Alright, well, we're gonna wrap it up here. We'll have no game. That's okay. Sometimes there's no game dead, needed. Dead is better. Sometimes dead is better, indeed. Alright, friends, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. Inspector Gadget. Do, 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 do. Ooh, ooh. Why wasn't that in a room? Oh, he should have been with a bullet. Yeah. I think he's a cyborg. Matthew, yeah, he, well, yeah, he's a, he's a cyborg because he's like, used to be a human. Yeah, fair enough. And now he's matched to Matthew Broderick. <laughs> well, uh, you know, he could also be <laughs> French Stewart. So, you know, <laughs> you could also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You can find us on the Twitter, is that? Wow. Inspector Gadget is number three on comedy, bumbling. <laughs> Oh, that's a list. That's a list we gotta do at some point. Alright, saving that one. Find us on the Twitters at TWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Let's watch together. Tumblers. Letterbox. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Quack, 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 quack.